Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm so glad you joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. I've been conducting a series over the last several weeks on the spirit realm and uh, the reason I've been teaching on this is just uh, uh, my goal has been to make everyone aware uh, that there really is a spirit realm. You know, most folk uh, just give attention to the natural realm and, and most folk aren't even aware that there that there is a spirit realm, and including so many Christians that I've met. They're not even cognizant, really, of, of the spirit realm at all. But there really is a spirit realm. It's very real. Actually, it's more real than the natural realm, and we need to be aware of it. So that's why I've been teaching this series. And, and if you've missed any of the previous sessions, I recommend that you go back into our archives and, uh, and, and catch up on anything that you've missed. Um, I just don't have the time to go back over all of it, but you know that's why it's in our archives, so you can go back and catch up on anything that you've missed. But I started out talking about God, that he is a spirit, and then we talked about mankind, how we're created in the likeness and image of God, and that mankind, human beings, are spirit beings who possess souls and live in bodies. And then we talked about the uh, angels of God, the holy angels, then we talked about uh, Lucifer, that he is an angel, but a fallen angel, and that he drew a third of the angels with him. And we spent time talking about the fallen, the holy angels, the seraphim, cherubim, and then the fallen angels. Said much about Lucifer and, and how he became Satan and all of that. So that's all back in the last several weeks. You can go check that out. And then uh, last week I started talking about demons, and I want to continue with that this week. Um, but I want to say this again, just so everyone's clear. I don't talk that much about the devil and demons. I spend my time talking about uh, the Lord and, and you know about the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, you know, and uh, other Bible subjects. Spend very little time talking about the devil. However, there are times that we have to talk about the devil and demons because the Bible said that if we're unlearned concerning the devil and demons then they will be able to take advantage of us. So it's important that from time to time we go into the Word of God and see just see just what the Word of God has to say about the devil and demons and uh, and fallen angels and so forth. And so uh, that's why I've been been uh, been talking about these things over the last several weeks um, about the devil and demons. You know, we need to be aware that they are real and uh, run with God. But you know, when the devil shows up or a demon rears its ugly head then, you know, as I've been teaching you from the Word of God, we have authority in the name of Jesus over them. So, so, uh, but we need to be aware that these things are real. The devil and demons are real, and we need to, uh, uh, you know, un understand some things about them. So, hey, uh, let's go to, right now, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. And I just want to read this verse to you, because, you know, people say, well, you know, uh, why, why are you really, you know, Talking about these things. Well, I already told you why I'm talking about these things. Uh, because if we're not aware of the devil and demons, then we put ourselves in a position where they can take advantage of us. But also here, 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says, now the Holy Spirit here, expressly says, this is the Apostle Paul writing um, uh, here to Timothy. And the Holy Spirit expressly, explicitly says, so we, I mean, we need, anytime the Holy Ghost talks, we need to listen, but here he says he's ex explicitly, expressly saying that in the latter times, or in the latter days, and now we're living in the latter times, in the latter days, notice what the Holy Spirit expressly says, that in the latter times, some will depart 
from the faith. Now, these are people who are, at one point, were in the faith, walking in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says that some will depart from the faith. He's talking to Christians here. Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So what I'm teaching on has everything to do with where we're living in the here and the now, you know, right here in the United States. And it says that the Bible says, the Holy Ghost says that in the latter times, some will depart, talking about Christians will depart from the faith. Why? Giving heed to, listening to, paying attention to, deceiving spirits. Those are demons. And, and doctrines of demons. Well, what is a doctrine of demons? Well, anything that's not a doctrine of the word of God would, would be a doctrine of demons. And uh, there's a lot of those, <laughs> those going on. And I tell you what, you know, uh, giving heed to deceiving spirits. You know, it's possible for, for Christians and, and, and churches to, to be deceived. And uh, deceive, deception. See, that's what the devil does. That's what demons do. They deceive people. And uh, people, it's, they can start believing lies. And uh, I tell you what, right here in the United States over the last, I would say, four, six, six, I guess six years. I mean, now there's always been lying going on. I mean, absolutely. But over the last six years, I have seen lying and deception more so than I've ever seen it in my life. And I'm talking uh, not only in the in the secular arena, but I'm talking among the church. And so many Christians believing lies, and and just and and not only believing lies, but propagating lies. And you can see the devil and demons are at work, and they're at work in in a, in a lot of the church world. I'll tell you for sure. But we need to be aware of that, and we need to not be deceived. We need to stand for the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And, uh, you know, we need to stand for the truth even when, uh, I mean, when it's not popular to do so. And I'll tell you right now, in, in the church world and, and in the secular arena, it's not popular to stand for the truth. But I tell you what, um, I'm, I'm going to do my best to stand for the truth, and I'm going to do my best to stand behind people. And, and politicians who are standing for the truth, even when it's not popular to do so. So uh, that's just, I wanted to say that. But um, anyway, we need to realize there's doctrine, there's deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, and we do not want to subjugate ourselves to them. So if, you're, if you don't realize that this is going on, and that they're at work, the devil and demons, then you see you put yourself in a point where you could be taken advantage of. So anyway, and, and then a question uh, a question that has come up, uh, someone might ask, well, what do demons look like? Have you ever wondered that? What, what do demons look like? Now, now in all the years of, of ministry, I've only seen one, one. And it, I saw it in the spirit and I shared it with you last week in the session last week, so if you missed it, you need to uh, go back if you like, go back and listen to that. But it, but it looked like a to me in the spirit, in the natural, I saw it in the spirit. It it was looked like a bat, a bat, like a black bird, like a bat. And um, 
And again, you can get you can get that in the series and you can get that in the sermon I preached last week if you missed it. But uh, look at Revelation 16, verse 13. Uh, the Apostle John makes this statement. He says this. He says, and I saw three unclean spirits. Now, those are, de those are demon spirits. I saw three unclean spirits like frogs. Well, here they look, they look like frogs. Um, coming out of the mouth of the dragon, that's out of the devil. Out of the mouth of the beast, that's the Antichrist. And out of the mouth of the false prophet. And they are spirits of demons. Think about that. Performing signs. Now you need to realize this: uh, the devil and demon can demons. The devil as one devil, many demons. They can perform signs. The Bible talks about lying signs and wonders, and they they can you know, listen. Just because uh, there's there's uh, 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 signs and wonders going on. Uh, that, that doesn't necessarily mean the Holy Spirit's behind it. You need to be aware of that. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you just need to be aware of that because the devil, the Bible says, can transform himself into an angel of light and so can his ministers. So just because there's so-called quote-unquote supernatural things going on in someone's ministry doesn't necessarily mean that they're operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. They, they could be operating under power, uh, demonic power. I know uh, whenever you see a minister that they say that there's oil appearing in their hands or, or blood appearing in their hands or there's uh, like, uh, like, like, you know, like, uh, uh, like gold dust. That's another one there that they see gold dust in their uh, they'll open their Bible and they'll see gold dust. Uh, you need to stay away from those kinds of, of ministries and those kinds of quote-unquote churches and, and ministers. They're not of the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you right now. Because you, you don't see that in the Bible. You don't, see, you don't see oil appearing in any of the apostles' hands or blood appearing in any of their hands or, or uh, a gold dust. You, just, you don't see that. I, I've never been able to find it in the Bible. Stay away from those kinds of ministers and ministries. Just, just, just stay away from them. Because uh, the devil himself and demons can, can cause lying signs and wonders. But anyway... It says they are spirits of demons. This is Revelation sixteen fourteen, performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. That's the battle of Armageddon. But anyway, but it's interesting here. John saw these demon spirits look like frogs. Now I saw one, as I said, that looked like a bat. Um, sometimes now I've listened to different legitimate good ministers over the years who uh, have have you know uh, dealt with, you know, particularly ones that have been in foreign lands. I'm thinking of Lester Summerall. He was a, a good minister of the gospel, and he had uh, he had a legitimate uh, 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 ministry, uh, excellent minister of the gospel, uh, and uh, he dealt quite extensively with demonic power as he was in foreign lands. I heard one minister say this about the demons in the United States. They're the ones who... He said the demons in the United States are the ones who couldn't make it on the mission field. And you know, I think there's a lot of truth in that. We don't see demonic uh, uh, manifestations in the United States like, like you'll see it 
throughout the rest of the world. Now, on some instances and occasions, you, you do and you may, but uh, uh, there's so much of the light of the gospel here in the United States. But I tell you what, the, 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 <laughs> the demon possession where someone's totally taken over, now you will see that here in the United States. Certainly it, it is here, but it's more so in foreign lands. And Anyway, Lester Summerall, he dealt and ministered in foreign lands quite a bit. And he talked about... Uh, 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 demons and the way they look and whatnot. And, but anyway, sometimes people, ministers will say they look, who have seen them in the spirit realm, they look like bats, like what I saw, or ravens, birds. Uh, I'm thinking of one good minister now. He said that he'd seen demons, oh, was Brother Hagen. He'd seen them and uh, looked like, uh, like monkeys or a baboon. I remember he told the story, Brother Kenneth Hagen told the story one time about a certain minister who, as I recall him telling the story, uh, this, this certain minister uh, was, uh, he, he'd get in the pulpit and was just like hard to preach. Just got in the pulpit hard to preach. And um, uh, he, Brother Hagen went on and told the story how this minister set some time aside and he'd go to his church and pray. He's praying about why when he'd step in the pulpit it was, it was so hard for him to preach. And as he said, as he was preaching... As I recall the story, he was like laying laying uh, on his back, and in, in, nobody else in the, in the in the church. He's just laying there praying, and 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 the Lord, he was like laying in front of his pulpit, and the Lord allowed him to see in the spirit. He saw up over his pulpit, like in the rafters, where the rafters of the church would be, like a baboon, like a monkey, like a baboon kind of a of a, of a spirit being, and. He, he commanded that spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus to come down and leave his church. And the uh, spirit said back to him, you know, he didn't want to, but he said, you know, I have to because you told me to in the name of Jesus and so forth and so on. And he saw that in the spirit. He saw that baboon go out, the, go out his uh, church and he saw him run down the street and went into a tavern or into a saloon and, the, and the, like the next night that saloon burned down. And you think about that. He, he, but then he said after that, he'd get in his pulpit and, and the fire of the Holy Ghost was there. He was able to minister and so on and so forth. You say, well, how did that demonic thing get there in the first place? I don't know. I'm just telling you the story that Brother Hagin said, uh, uh, that I heard him say. So these things are real. Um, uh, that, you know, and, and there again, uh, people that are, as I've studied this over the years, people that are totally demonically possessed, uh, they can they can even go writhe on the floor and move around like snakes and hiss like snakes. Uh, I, I, I've even heard, and I've even heard over the years as I've watched di different things on TV and whatnot. I heard when that when that uh, when that laughing movement was going on back in the early '90s, and it prevailed on in in through the '90s and so forth. And actually, that started out. Uh, the revival of laughter. It started out as, I believe, as a move of the Holy Spirit. But see, uh, the parameters, proper parameters weren't put on it. People just came, wanted to laugh all the time at every service. And, and in the process of time, uh, you know, God was in it to start with. But then, but then, uh, you know, he, he wanted to move in that arena. And then, uh, but, but folk just, just took it too far and got out of what the Holy Ghost was doing. And, and, and I tell you what, demonic power got involved with that. And I, I heard uh, one one uh, uh, lady on television that was in one of those quote-unquote services uh, barking and howling like a dog or howling like a dog at the moon. Now, that's not the Holy Ghost in manifestation. And, 
And uh, I heard one, uh, my wife and I went to a, a, a service uh, where, uh, uh, actually, we went to a satellite service, and we were watching Brother Hagin uh, when he, he, he was preaching. We went to a, a, a church in, in the area that had him on uh, on, on TV, and uh, on the satellite, Brother Hagin w- was there, and there was this lady sitting behind us. Now, we weren't at the service where Brother Hagin was. We were watching him on satellite. There's a lady a couple rows back that uh, uh, whenever uh, Brother Hagin get up to, to preach, she started laughing, but it was it was a, a demonic, just a cackling kind of thing. And, and I saw that in that quote-unquote laughing revival when the minister get up to speak, people just start laughing and cackling. Well, that's not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost isn't gonna gonna interrupt himself if a man of God's up there preaching and then and, and and people start laughing like hyenas and cackling. That that's not the Holy Ghost. And so uh, so I tell you what, something I've learned is, and I heard Brother Hagin say this years ago, and I disagreed with him at first, but I came to see that he was right. That he said that that he watched it over the years that a, a, even a minister could yield to the Holy Ghost in one service and then the next night come out and yield to demonic power and then get to the bottom of that story it was because when the when the preacher was questioned on it why why did you do that he said because the people expect me to come out and they expect to see signs and wonders and under the pressure of the people i try to quote unquote perform see that's how you let demonic power in and, and i watched that during that that quote unquote laughing revival it started out it was it was the lord was in it but then it went too far and he wasn't in it anymore and demonic power got involved and it just it just caused a mess and i'll tell you something else a lot of the churches that that that, that, that went along with that you look at them today and they're just a skeletal fraction of what they were uh in their heyday and so uh you know, I want what the Holy Ghost is in, but if the Holy Ghost isn't in it, I don't want it. But I tell you what, when you deal with spiritual things, you got to be real careful and you got to stay in the Word of God. You got to stay rooted and grounded in the Word of God. You just really, really, really do. I believe in the joy of the Lord. I believe in, in, in the laughter in the Holy Ghost. I believe there's, there's a, a dance in the Holy Ghost. I believe in these things, but they need to be unctioned by the spirit of god and yield to the spirit of god and all of that certainly but i tell you what uh he he's not unctioning that all the time and you get to come into church just just wanting that going on i tell you what you could just real quick yield to the devil and demons get involved and you got a mess on your hands so anyway i didn't intend to say all that but maybe it helps somebody out there but praise god thank god there's the real and i want the real and glory to god uh I remember one time I, uh, when I preached my f- uh, first message, first message, I got in the pulpit, I began to preach, and I mean the power of God fell on me, and I danced, and I danced in the Holy Ghost, and it was a great blessing, and there, see, these things are real, but, but we just want to be sure that we stay grounded with the Word of God so that we don't get outside of where the Holy Ghost is operating and get into error. Anyway, uh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. See, these things are real. Like I told you last week, how the Spirit of God came on me, and I danced that jig in front of a, in front of that guy that had that back injury. Uh, you know, from from the time it was in high school, football injury, and he was instantly healed. Now, somebody say, "Well, Pastor Terry, where do you see dancing a jig in the Bible? Do you have any scripture for it?" Well, I don't, but I don't have any scripture against it either. <laughs> you ever think about that? I remember when I, uh, when, when the Lord called me into the ministry as I was just getting started, started, he spoke to me 
very supernaturally, he said that there'd be times when people would come into healing uh, lines that he'd have me uh, direct me to do some things, uh, 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 some unorthodox things. And if I obey him and yield him, then uh, the power of God would flow and people be healed. Now, you say scripture on that. Well, I'm glad you asked. Do you ever think Jesus, our Lord, he uh, he spit and he made he 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 made spit on the ground and then he he made uh, 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 took the the clay and put it on that blind guy's eyes, t- told him to go wash in the pool, and uh, and, and he came back uh, seeing. Remember that? Now that's pretty unorthodox. I remember uh, Elisha in the Old Testament. Uh, told Naaman to go dip seven times in the pool, uh, in the in 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 the in the, uh, uh, in the I, I don't know what 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 was it the, was I can't remember what where, where it was he told him to go dip, but it wasn't the nicest nicest body of water. But well, why 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 couldn't he just wave his hand over him and say say be healed? Because the Holy Ghost wanted him to go dip seven times. Why couldn't Jesus just wave his hand and say be healed? Because the Holy Ghost was unctioning him to uh, make clay, you know, and and do it that way. We need to obey the Holy Ghost. Thank God I remember one Wednesday night I was standing in the pulpit. I had just finished my message. And uh, actually it was kind of a dead service to tell you the truth. And and so anyway, I'm just standing like I am here, closed my Bible, and it's kind of a dead service, but I got through it and preached my message. And just suddenly, now the Holy Ghost moves suddenly, just suddenly, suddenly the power of God came on me and I danced and I just, now I didn't have to yield. I didn't have to do, you know, the Holy Ghost won't make you do anything, but I yielded and I danced a little jig. And if you know me, that's unlike me. I'm very conservative, very conservative. I, I never went to any, any, uh, uh, school dances growing up. Actually, uh, the Holy, well, I was going to go to, I was going to go to some of them, but the Holy Ghost told me not to. Uh, I remember I did, I, I did go to a dance uh, one time though, and I was going to go out on the floor and the Spirit of God said, don't go out there. Now, I'm not against people having a good time, but I, he just told me not to, not to do it, so I never did. But be that, I'm not better than anybody else, but just obeying the Spirit of God. But, so I'm not a dancer. <laughs> I'm not a dancer. No, in elementary school, I did uh, I did like square dancing. We did do that in in gym class. We did, we did that, but I'm not a dancer. Uh, but but that night, that Wednesday night, I danced a jig in the pulpit. I did, and, and and then the spirit of God directed me to run around the room, and I ran around the room, the, the auditorium, and uh, came back up, and stood in the pulpit, and I looked at the people. They looked at me. I looked at them. They looked at me, and. <laughs> Went home. Asked my wife if I look look like a fool. She didn't answer me. Still hasn't answered me on that. But you know what? Uh, I looked like a fool until the next day. And the call came into the, uh, you know, some of you may have heard me tell this testimony, but if you haven't, it bears repetition. It's a good testimony, the power of the Holy Ghost. And I did something unorthodox, ran around the room and got back in the pulpit. And uh, next day the call comes in. My assistant took the call. He came to me and said, we received the call. And a uh, lady gave a testimony. She was there at the church service on Wednesday that night before, sitting on the back row. She said, when you ran past her, now I can't heal anybody. There's nothing in, in me that there's nothing in and of myself. I can't help anybody without the Holy Ghost. I'm helpless. But uh, he said, she testified that he said when, 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 when the pastor, and I, I didn't have no idea she was sick, 
was when the pastor ran by me, she said like, like electricity, like heat. See, that's the anointing. Jumped off him and jumped on me. She said my belly had been blown up for quite some time, like a basketball was in it. I hadn't been able to eat. It was bloated. She said I was having some serious problems. It was blowed up like a black basketball. Said when he ran past me, the, like electricity or heat jumped off him, hit me in the stomach, deflated my stomach. I was instantly healed. Now, can you say amen? Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God forevermore. So you see that the spirit realm is very real. And uh, and the Holy Ghost is very real. And I run with him. But I tell you, demonic power is real too. But thank God we've got authority over the devil in the name of Jesus. So I don't know. I'm just totally off my notes here. But maybe this is helping you and encouraging you. So uh, let's get to it here now. Mark, the, Let's go to Mark the first chapter. Mark chapter 1. Mark 1. And I read this last week, but I felt impressed of the Spirit of God to read it again. I need, I missed something in it last week and I need to get it, so we'll get it now. And that's one nice thing about conducting a series. You miss it one week, you get to pick it up the next. So let's go here, Mark 1. Then they went unto, into Capernaum, that's Jesus, you know, and his disciples, and immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. And I like that. And now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Now I read this last week. And uh, you can read the rest of it. The man was delivered. But I, what I missed last week, I wanted to get in. This week, the spirit of God wanted me to get this in here. Is this. That Jesus... When he preached, when he got up and taught, he did not preach the feel-good, cotton candy, mamby-pamby, you know, messages. Now, Jesus, when he preached, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of good, encouraging, wonderful things that he preached. Absolutely, no question about it, but you need to realize that Jesus, I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, would not be invited to preach at some of the biggest churches in the United States. I'm talking about about I'm talking about some of the biggest churches that you see on television. He would not be invited to preach there. Do you ever think about the book of Revelation? That last church mentioned there, the church, I think it's the Laodiceans, I think is what it is. In chapter 3 of the book of Revelation, there's seven churches. The last one mentioned right at the end of chapter uh, 3. It's a lukewarm church. And Jesus is on the outside of that church. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. They put him out. He, well, he couldn't get in there. Uh, he, he couldn't get in there. He went back in, but they wouldn't let him in. And I'm telling you, the preaching, the kind of preaching Jesus did, would not be welcomed in a lot of, a lot of churches. Some of the biggest churches in the United States wouldn't be welcomed. Because he didn't preach off the mamby-pamby, you know, cotton candy messages. Right here, when, I mean, when Jesus preached, he would step on people's toes. Absolutely, absolutely. And here, he was stepping on, there's a man there, and, and, and that was bound up by the devil, and Jesus was stepping on the devil's toes. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, somebody said, well, you know, I go to church, I know I'm not demon-possessed. Well, well, okay, but are you are you lying? Are you cheating? Are you backbiting? Are you gossiping? Are you talking about your pastor behind his back? 
I mean, you might you might not be writhing around on the floor like a like a like a snake, but you might be speaking with a forked tongue when you're lying, huh? Come on now, and uh, huh? You 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 might not be howling at the moon like you know like some of those people I I saw or, you know in that at the, in that laughing revival or cackling cackling like a hyena, but are you backbiting and talking bad and so on and so forth? Well, you're yielding to the devil. You might not be writhing around on the floor like a serpent, but, but you might be, like I said, speaking with forked tongue, huh? And, and, and Jesus, if you were in one of Jesus' services, I tell you, and you were listening to him preach, he'd be stepping on your toes if you were acting like that. And there's a guy here in this service, Jesus was, was not up there giving three points in a poem, making everybody, poem, you know, making everybody feel oogly-woogly about themselves. I mean, he'd preach with authority and it'd make people nervous. Absolutely. And uh, now, now, now he, he'd bless people and people were encouraged, certainly, but he would step on people's toes, people's toes to the point that his demons said, let us alone, let us alone. <laughs> so, you know, we need to understand that about the Lord. And then look at Mark 1, look at verse 32 at evening. When the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. Think about that. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Now, you know, Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. See, Jesus in his ministry went about teaching, preaching, healing, and casting out demons. Absolutely. Somebody said, well, yeah, but that was Jesus. Well, Mark the 16th chapter, I read it to you last week, says these signs shall follow those who believe. Jesus said that to believers. He said, in my name, they'll cast out demons. Absolutely. And so... You know, uh, you know that's that's one of the signs that we're believers. Well, we don't ever have no casting out of demons ever at our church. Well, I wonder if you got believers over there. Well, I'll, that's a rhetorical question. You think about that. But these signs, Mark the 16th chapter, will follow those who believe. Remember, I talked to you last week. Don't go to a church where they're casting demons out all the time. That's got the wrong flow of things. But I wouldn't go to a church where they don't believe they don't. They, they don't believe in demons or they, they don't ever have the gifts of the spirit in operation. I wouldn't go there either. Find you a good one that's balanced and then go there, praise God. But nonetheless, Jesus, see, a lot of folks don't realize this about Jesus, but he, he went around casting out demons. He did. And then look at verse 39, Mark 1, 39. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. You think about that. That was a big part of Jesus's ministry. Think about that. And we need to be aware of it. Now let's go to Mark, the fifth chapter. I had given you an assignment last week to uh, read about the maniac of Gadara. So let's talk about him now. And Mark, the fifth chapter. Now, I'm going to read Mark's account, but I would recommend that you read Matthew's account and Luke's account. Okay, because the, the, this one instance took place, the maniac of Gadara, but Matthew gives an account, Mark gives an account, and Luke gives an account. I'm going to read Mark's account. But go look it up in Matthew and look it up in Luke and read it in those uh, uh, two uh, books also. See, if you want to get a, the full picture of something that happened in the Bible, you can't just read it in one of the gospel accounts 
Now, there are some stories that just, you know, like over, particularly over in the Gospel of John, that a story is given, it's, that's the only place it's, it's given, and, 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 and that's all we've been given on it, that's all the Holy Ghost wants us to have on it, so that's, that's fine. But like, like, uh, for example, the Maniac of Gadara, and there's other such stories, where if you just read it in Matthew, you, you, you don't read it in Mark and Luke, you lose out on the fullness of what the Holy Spirit wants us to know about it. So this is one of those cases where this is given in three different of the gospel accounts. Remember, there's one gospel account, but there's, there's, there's four different records of it. You know, or we'll say it this way. There's one gospel, four different accounts, but you got to put it all together to get, to get the full picture. And so, uh, you read Matthew and Luke's account, but we'll look at Mark 5. Verse 1, then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes, and that's Jesus and his, his 12 apostles. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. So we got, we got superhuman strength. I mentioned this last week. Um, uh, with the uh, seven sons of Sceva over there in the book of Acts. Uh, but the demonic, when somebody's completely demon-possessed, uh, now there's a, you need to realize there's a difference between demon oppression and demon possession. And uh, 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 a good deal of what's dealt with, or what I've dealt with, is demon oppression. But I tell you what, when you get somebody that's completely possessed, taking over spirit, soul, and body, now by the way, a Christian cannot be demon-possessed. A demon can't get in a Christian spirit, but a Christian can be demon-oppressed. Their mind can be oppressed, or you could even get a, a, a Christian have a demon in their body or attacking their body, and, and manifestation of that be sickness and disease. But, uh, but a demon, uh, a Christian cannot be demon-possessed. Their spirit can't be taken over because the Holy Ghost is in their spirit, see. But, uh, but, but when a person, when, a, when, when you get a sinner... That, that doesn't know Jesus and they get demon possessed. Yeah, yeah, like that, like I said back, back in that laughing, uh, quote unquote revival. You get people in there, they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, alright, they're born again, but they're, they're up there cackling like a hyena or barking like a dog. Now, they may not be demon possessed, but I tell you what, they're, they're, they're yielding themselves to the devil and they're oppressed, okay? There's a difference between oppression and possession. When somebody is, so, so again, to be clear, a Christian cannot be demon-possessed, but they can be demon-oppressed. Absolutely. And there is a difference, a big difference. But when, when you get a sinner that's completely demon-possessed, taking over spirit, soul, and body, I mean, that's where you, that's where you get you know, people writhing on the floor, uh, going on like snakes and hissing and all kinds of crazy stuff. My, 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 my. But here you have a, somebody that was completely demon-possessed. This maniac, he's known as a maniac of Gadara. He didn't end up that way. Hold on, let me finish the story here. But, uh, but when Jesus first encounters him, he's a maniac of Gadara, totally, totally demon-possessed, superhuman strength, breaking chains. And uh, Luke's account, I think it is, uh, or Matthew's account, said he was, he, he was so... Uh, 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 so it was such a, a terrible thing that people couldn't even pass by that way. He'd apparently attack them and a terrible thing. And uh, so he has an unclean spirit, makes his dwelling among the tombs, couldn't live in a house, one of the other accounts says, in the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Think about that. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains 
had been pulled apart by him. You think about that superhuman strength. And the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. So they tried, they just couldn't. And uh, always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Now, when people are cutting themselves, uh, that can be a manifestation of demonic power. Now, 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 not always, not always. I wouldn't say always, but it can be. And self-mutilation, and the devil's behind that, a, a lot of that. And uh, But that's what this guy was doing. And, uh, and when he saw Jesus from afar, now watch this, he ran and worshipped him. He ran and worshipped him. Now, 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 there's a distinction here between this unclean spirit and this man. Okay? There's a distinction between the unclean spirit and this man. The man, now the man's got unclean spirit in him. We'll see a whole bunch of them. But the man ran and worshipped Jesus. Now, that says to me that this man wanted to be free. But he was, he was possessed. But he, there was enough semblance of himself that he had, that he wanted to be free. And I think it's very clear. He wanted to be free. And he's totally possessed, but there was enough of himself in there yet. I think it's clear. He wanted to be free. He goes and worships Jesus, but yet these demons are controlling him. Now, if you read Matthew's account, it says there were two men. Mark and Luke says there was one man. Now, how do you how do you explain that? Well, there are some explanations to it, but I think I've come after studying it for years. I've come to conclude that there were two. There were two. Uh, Matthew notes that there were two, but Mark and Luke tell us about the one that got set free, which indicates to me the one in, there was another one that didn't get set free. Now, this is just now now theologians will argue different things about this, but Matthew says there were two. Mark and Luke says there was one man. And the way, the best way, as I've studied it for years, I'm not saying I'm 100% right, but I, Matthew says there were two men. Mark and Luke says there were one. I think that Mark and Luke recorded the one that got free. The other one got free of the demons. The other one didn't get free. Now you say Jesus didn't have the power to get him free. Well, Jesus had the power, but I've learned this. You can't get somebody free of the devil that doesn't want to be free. And uh, I've learned that I've learned that for myself. Um, uh, you remember when Jesus encountered that man at the Pool of Bethesda? At, I think it was the Pool of Bethesda, that porch where there were all those those porches of sick people. I think it was the Pool of Bethesda. All those porches of sick people. And he went up to that one. And uh, uh, he asked that guy, do you want to be made well? I've learned this in healing ministry of almost three decades. There's some people you can't get them healed because ultimately they don't, they don't really, they don't, they don't want to be healed. Now, I mean, I wouldn't have believed that 30 years ago, but I've lived it. There are some people that don't want to do what it takes to be well. You know, I'll just say this. There are some people, you know, you don't really, I don't mean this ugly, but you don't need to be set free necessarily of a, of a demon. You just need to get your physical body under control. I remember I've prayed for many people over the years. They come up, you know, with, with knee problems. Their knees hurt so bad. And leg problems and other things like that. And, and, and I don't mean this ugly, but they wage so much. 
And it wasn't that they needed to get set free of demonic power. They just needed to get their eating under control and lose some weight and everything would go better for them, you know. But so many folks were so quick to just start casting out demons or, you know, releasing healing power. And a lot of times, it's just if we get the natural things squared away, we, we'd, be, we'd, do, we'd do so much better. And I don't mean that to be ugly, but sometimes you have to say some blunt things might help some folk, you know. But, uh, but be that as it, as it may... The one of them wanted to be delivered, uh, this demon-possessed. The other one didn't. And uh, I'm thinking now of a lady uh, many years ago, many, many, way back, many years ago. She's always sick. A church member now, always sick, always sick. And she was with us from the days of the school. We started in the school and then moved to our, our own building and uh, started church in a school and then moved and you know, built a facility in uh, but but could never get her healed. I mean, I, I mean, I prayed for her and prayed for her and never could get her healed. And she'd come in, in the healing lines and never could get her, not that I could heal anybody anyway, but it seemed like the power of God had never really do much with her, for her. Couldn't get the power of God to go in her. I prayed for her. But long story short, the Spirit of God revealed to me that she had a spirit of infirmity because, see, she'd be sick of all different kinds of things. and uh, But I could never get her free of it. And I spoke about that last week. If you missed last week's session, go back and listen to it. But long story short, the reason couldn't get her free of it. And I sought the Lord about it. And after after years, I, he, he, he answered me on it. And uh, see what it was. It was so obvious. Uh, she didn't want to be set free of it. And the reason was, is because she'd come into church and, and no more than she'd get there, she'd start talking about her ailments. And, 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 and so many people, just lots of people would flock to her and and start listening to her, uh, you know, give her, you know, her ailment of the week, and uh, and it brought her so much attention that she liked all that attention, and so to get free of that that spirit of infirmity, she's going to lose all that attention. So she stayed sick all the way till she died and went to heaven. Is, isn't that sad? I mean, sis, always sick. There's always something. It wasn't one thing. It was. Something else. It was something else. It was something else. And just always like that. And uh, very sad. But some people, see, don't, don't want to be made well. Some, some don't. But uh, that's why Jesus asked that guy at the pool, uh, do you want to be made well? And then that guy said, and that guy even said, well, he said, I have no man to put me in the water. Remember that? And Jesus, just in his great love and goodness, just healed him. Glory to God. And he said, why didn't Jesus heal all them other people there? I don't know. You'll have to ask Jesus. But... But I know if you approach Jesus in faith, you get healed, praise God. But anyway, we could talk on that for an hour and a half, but let's move on here. So there's two demon-possessed men. One of them wants to be free, the other one doesn't, all right, the way I, the way I see it. So notice here, this, this guy now, he's demon-possessed, but he's worshiping Jesus in Mark 5, verse 6. Verse 7, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus? So now here, now here we go. Now this is the devil talking, the demons speaking. What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God uh, that you do not torment me. See, Jesus would never torment the man, but he drive that devil out, that devils out of him. One devil, many demons, drive the demons out. Absolutely, Jesus would. Because if you read, I think it's Luke's account. When Jesus landed there on that shore, he spoke to that those demons that come out of that guy. Absolutely. And and for he well it says it right here, for he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. 
And he asked him, then Jesus said, what is your name? Now, most of the time, Jesus wouldn't let the demons talk. Just wouldn't let them talk. And uh, anytime I've encountered someone where there's a demon involved, I never asked him what the name of the demon, what his name was. I didn't want to know. I don't want to talk to the devil. So I don't. <laughs> but Jesus here in this one instance asked him his name. And so, you know, don't build a doctrine on you need to ask people have demons what their name is the demon's name don't do that jesus did it in this one case he said what's your name and he answered and said my name is legion for we are many so there were many demons in this guy and uh as you study into it i'm not going to get off in the weeds on this but apparently there was one demon that was the leader of the others if you really study deep into it um and and it's called the strong man and I don't want to get into all that, but anyway, there's there's an unclean spirit that was a leader of the a leader of the pack of the others, but there were multiple demons inside uh, uh, this guy. Remember last week I told you that testimony about that prostitute that approached me, and you heard many I heard many voices coming out of her. Well, she evidently had many demons. Now that'll get your attention if you missed last week. You want to go back and listen now, but uh, nonetheless. Uh, there were many demons in this guy, and Jesus had said, come out, unclean spirit, so if that unclean spirit goes, and the rest of them are going to go too, and he said, what's your name? My name's Legion, for we are many. Now, these are the, the, the demon talking, the demons, not not the man. The man wants to be set free. He's worshiping Jesus, but he's bound by these demons, and he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now, this, these demons didn't want to leave the country. See, there are certain places, certain parts of the world, certain areas, we talked to you about this, where demons are more comfortable than others, and they're allowed to operate more so than others. And and, and you, you see that here in the world. There are some places in the world where demons are more prevalent than others. And and uh, we've said, said talked to you about that. But they didn't want to leave the country that they were in. They were comfortable in that neck of the woods. And not only that, if you read Luke's account, they had asked Jesus not to send them into the abyss or into the bottomless pit. They didn't want to go. They didn't want to go there. Okay, <laughs> they didn't want to go there. They, they didn't want to go. They didn't want to go into hell. They wanted to stay in that in that man. See, demons are disembodied spirits, and they look to possess a human being and control that human being and manifest themselves in the natural realm. Now, now notice. So now a large, so they didn't want to leave the country and they didn't want to go into the abyss. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountain. So all the demons begged Jesus saying, now think about this, send us into the swine that we may enter them. See, if they can't get a human body, they'll go into animals. Can a demon go into an animal? Absolutely, absolutely. See, see right here. They wanted to go into the swine. And at once Jesus gave them permission Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about two thousand. Now you think about that. Two thousand swine, and they heard. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned into the sea. See, even those swine didn't want the devil in them. They didn't want demons in them. And notice they, they ran and killed themselves. And you see that demonic power will cause people to commit suicide, certainly. And do you ever think about Judas? Judas Iscariot, remember him? Now he's a traitor. He betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says Satan entered him. Think about that. Satan's a fallen angel. He entered, the Bible says he entered into Judas Iscariot. Judas uh, uh, cooperated with the devil. 
Just like the serpent in the Garden of Eden cooperated with the devil, so did Judas and 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 uh, 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 Satan entered Judas. Just like I think he entered uh, the the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Nonetheless, what did Judas eventually do? He hung himself. Is that right? Absolutely. But anyway, these these uh, uh, herd ran violently down the swine into the into the sea and drowned. So those who fed the, think about that. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it. I mean, <laughs> think about that. And they told it in the city and in the country. They went out to see what had ha- what had happened. And when they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon possessed, and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Now think about that. Thank God. That's what Jesus did. He he set this guy free, and the guy is now. He's, he's clothed. He's not naked anymore because he, he was naked. This guy, this demon-possessed man was naked. I mean, like my mom would say, naked as a jaybird. I mean, he was naked, running around there crazy, doing all those things we just read. Now, he's set free in his right mind, clothed. People came out to see what had happened. They got word that the swine ran down and, and all of what just happened. They were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed. And about the swine. So they get out there. They hear the news. What had happened. Then they began to plead. Now you would have thought. That they'd bow down to the Lord Jesus. And start worshiping him. But they began to plead with him. To depart from their region. Now I just. I I can't understand that. Could it be that. Because the, the swine. Was going to make them some kind of money. Somehow or another. And, and, and they. And, and they. Uh, uh, and, and, and that. And, and the swine are no longer, I mean, they're no longer there. And, uh, and, and they wanted Jesus to leave because uh, 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 you know, the swine is going to bring them money. And I mean, it hurts. I heard somebody teach along those lines one day. It could be that. Could be they were just so scared. I don't know. They, I mean, I, I don't know. It could be that, that you know, this, this demon-possessed man had, uh, had plagued them for so long. And now he's set free that the whole thing just shook them up so bad. That maybe they were afraid of somebody that had a deliverance ministry. I don't know, but nonetheless, I would I, I would like to thought I've been down worshiping the Lord Jesus, but they're telling him to get you know, you know, like Ray Charles said, hit the road, Jack. I don't understand it, but I don't understand a lot of what what people do. <laughs> do you? I, I sure don't. And they began to plead with him to depart from the region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. See, he wanted to be with Jesus. You know, people that really get touched by the Lord. I, I preached a message years ago, saved to serve. And, I, and the whole premise of the message that people that Jesus touched and that he helped, the people, uh, they, did, they didn't want to go off and just do their own thing and do their own. They wanted to serve him. And, and when we get saved, we, get, we don't get saved to, or delivered to go do our own thing. We get saved to serve Jesus. Absolutely. I've had so many people come to the church over the years. They want me to pray for them to be healed. And uh, just so they can go on with their, their life and do their own thing. And, that, and we have never got any of those people that I recall healed. Because come with the wrong motives. See, you come and get touched by the Lord. You know, you want to you you serve him the rest of your life any way that you can. And that's what this guy wanted to do. You think about Bartimaeus. My Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Remember, he got his sight back. And the Bible said he followed Jesus in the way. He just, he just went well, went, followed him, you know. Well, yeah, you get your sight back, you, you ought to do that. Amen. But nonetheless, 
this guy wanted to be with Jesus. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go, now watch this, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he, this formerly demon-possessed man, began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. And you think about that. See, we call this guy the maniac of Gadara, but I think we make a mistake when we do that. We ought to call him the evangelist of Decapolis. I, I like that title better because he, he, he was demon-possessed, but Jesus touched him. Jesus set him free. Glory to God. And he became an evangelist. He went out telling the good news of what Jesus had done for him. And I tell you what, he took this demon-possessed man and made a preacher out of him. Glory to God, and Jesus can do that. I mean, he can make the harlot holy, the prostitute pure, set people free, and take them from, from what they were and make them into something. If any man be in Christ, behold, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and old things have be, and all things have become new, and all things are of God. Glory to God. So no matter who you are out there, or how bad you think you are, or what terrible things you've done, or how bound up you are, I tell you what, just cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he'll set you free. And uh, I tell you what, he'll he'll make a proclaimer of the gospel out of you. It didn't say he'd make you a, 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 a five-fold minister. didn't say that. I can't promise you that. But he'll make you a proclaimer of the gospel. He said, go into all the world, said the believers, and preach the gospel to every creature. So I don't care how bad your situation is, how bad the devil's got you bound up. I say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be free. Now, if you really want to be free, be free. Let the power of God go in you and drive out whatever is there that shouldn't be, whether it's demonic power, whether it's sickness or disease, you be free, and then you go out and be a proclaimer of the gospel. Well, praise God. Well, I got half of my set of notes done. I'll finish the other half for next week. Praise God. I think we may bring this series to a close next week. But uh, hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, there really is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And the Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. So if you're out there today and you don't know Jesus, I want to invite you to repent of your sins, turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, call on his name, receive him as your Lord and Savior. And I tell you what, one day you'll miss hell, you'll make heaven, and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. So God bless you, and I'll see you again next week, and we'll continue with this and close up this series, I think, unless the Lord leads me some other way. So we'll see you then. God bless you. Bye-bye.